Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. We are here today in the office of Muslim World League, an international organization. And we're going to be conducting a very special interview with the CEO of the organization today. I'm very pleased and happy to have him with here uh, with me today. Uh, brother uh, Mu'ad Al-Amri, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you f- so much for being here today with us. Thank you very much for having us. And uh, we are very excited to know more about this uh, amazing organization. And um, I come here often to pray, but I didn't know much about the organization until a few days before I conducted this interview today. So I would like to start with you um, to know about you yourself, first of all, and then uh, also to know about the organization. So tell us your role, about your role in the organization. Uh, thank you for being with us today, and it's a pleasure uh, to have this interview with the Islam Channel. Uh, my name is Muad Al Amri. I am the special advisor and the CEO of the Muslim World League um, uh, in the UK, United Kingdom, and United States of America. Uh, the organization is st- itself established back in uh, May 18th, 1961, by a resolution that passed by 57 Islamic countries uh, under the Organization of Islamic Corporation at that time. Uh, Muslim World League, uh, now it's um, uh, in in the 61st year uh, old, and since then it was the force of good to promote Islam, moderate Islam, and to work with the Muslim communities uh, in the uh, Islamic countries and in the uh, non-Islamic countries. Uh, the Muslim World League London office, it's a, um, a charitable, British charitable uh, organization uh, established back in 1981. Um, and that um, aimed to help the uh, Muslim community in in, in UK. Um, uh, we have a mosque here uh, for those uh, in central London can come and pray with us. Uh, we had a uh, period of uh, of uh, COVID-19, we had some Arabic schools um, uh, in the weekend. Uh, we we work closely with the Muslim communities in the uh, in certain areas, in education, uh, in the charity, and um, uh, and with with the non-Muslim community as well by uh, opening doors for interfaith dialogue. So this is our uh, our main areas of work here. And it's been uh, 40, for more than 40 years working in, in the United Kingdom. And inshallah, together with the Muslim community in the United Kingdom, we will uh, achieve a, a great deal and we will shape our success for the whole Ummah. Amazing. So you mentioned interfaith talks. I would like to know more about the importance of interfaith talks and how the Muslim World League is involved in that and to promote the interfaith uh, talks? Uh, so if you look at the uh, all the crisis and all the problems that based on the bigotry, like the Islamophobia, the anti-Semitism, that comes from the hate speech. And the root of the hate speech comes from uh, misunderstanding. What we are trying here to have a better understanding about the Islam, the Muslim community, and to meet in the middle between 
with the, with the other interfaith community. Um, we 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 have enough focusing on our differences. We talk about our differences, but in sake of getting into agreements between each other. But what we want to do is we want to talk about similarities. That's what we want to talk about. Uh, we want to talk about freedom of religion. That's what we want to talk about. We want to practice our religion safely in, in the United Kingdom and everywhere uh, in the world. So that's what we want to do. And we take the Charter of Mecca as our constitution to work with the interfaith community. Uh, the Charter of Mecca itself uh, enlightened this, this, uh, this dialogue. And uh, inshallah, uh, we will continue down this road. I would like to know more about Charter of Mecca because I am sure that many viewers, many of Islam channel viewers don't know what uh, the Charter of Mecca is, especially non-Muslims there who are interested to know more about Islam. So could you shed some lights on that, please? First of all, the, the Muslim World League had the pleasure to organize the conference of the Charter of Mecca. That was in May 2019. In 2019, more than 1,200 Islamic scholars gathered in the holy city of Mecca in one place, in Ramadan. And they came with this charter, 30 principles. It talked about the 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 um, the, 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 the relationship with the Muslim community, the relationship with the non-Muslim community, uh, their standpoint of the uh, women, uh, of the family, uh, of the uh, organizations, institutions, uh, and uh, with the youth, and how can we work together uh, to unify the whole Ummah. The Muslim World League organized this event and the charter itself got adapted by the all Islamic countries in the high level of the foreign ministries in Nigeria in 2020 uh, under the Organization of Islamic Corporation. All those Muslim countries adapted the charter as, uh, as their constitution and their, and, their, and their work. The charter of Mecca, as I said, ratified by 1,200 Muslim scholars, has 30 principles. Uh, our work here in the Muslim World League is to implement it. Now, we did the conference. The charter now belongs to the whole Ummah, and our work is to implement the charter. When you read the 30 principles, the outcome of those principles will get to four words, which is promoting unity and global coexistence. So four words, that is summarized the 30 principles of the Charter of Mecca. I can see it's really, um, yeah, the way you put it in four words, it really puts everything in it together in a very succinct sentence. Um, so now, as, as you know, you know, when we talk about Islamophobia, um, women's rights, those two subjects are pretty big. And the way that people, Muslim community and other people are dealing with that, either like uh, receiving the information uh, through media or politicians or talking about it or uh, participating in some conversations, it's always somehow tricky. So I would like to know um, how the Muslim world link, uh, what is its perspective when dealing with Islamophobia and 
women's rights. We stand against all the bigotry and all the, the hate speeches. We joined the United Nations in their um, recognizing the day of uh, International Day of uh, Combating the Islamophobia that was in March. Uh, we bear a big responsibility to protect uh, the Muslim communities and to have a better understanding about Islam. Protecting ourselves does not help and does not serve our goals. What we want to do, we want to take the approach, we want to take the outreach to have a, a dialogue, to talk about the Islam and to clarify the idea of, of, of Islam. Uh, that's what we stand off. And with the, with the women issue, I would like to refer you to the Charter of Mecca. And if you allow me, I would like to read a part of uh, what the Charter of Mecca said about, about women, which is half of the community. The Charter of Mecca, the 25 principles said, the empowerment of women should not be undermined by any kind of rule, disrespecting their dignity, reducing their status, or impeding their opportunities, whether in religious, academic, political, or social affairs. Their rights include equality of wages and opportunity. So this is what the whole Muslim scholars stand for the uh, women, uh, women's right. And we, we take the same stand with, with, the, with those Muslim scholars. Okay, so the women in Islam is not oppressed. No. So women in Islam has rights and women, any woman has rights and your organization is defending the women's right. Yes, we're calling for the social justice. In Islam, we don't have a different uh, salaries and, or, or wages. They are, they're all professionals. They all can do the same work. So this is what, this is us Muslims. This is our standpoint. As a CEO, um, the biggest challenge perhaps you think the organization faced so far, what is it? I would like to say I'm lucky enough to work with uh, the Secretary General of the Muslim World League, our chairman in, in, in this charity here in, in, in the United Kingdom. His Excellency Dr. Mohammed bin Abdul Karim Larissa, uh, who uh, trusted me in this position, and uh, I inspired his ideas and his his role globally. What he's doing in the in the religious diplomacy, there is a lot of challenges that the Muslim community share. We share with them, but to me personally, I think time is my enemy. We need to succeed. We need to work together. It could be our enemy, or it could, or it could be our our ally. Uh, but it's as as uh, as it says, it's a matter of time, and inshallah, uh, the bright future is coming. Amazing. We are eager to, eager to know now um, if there is any interesting programs. Um, so, as a CEO, um, and you put in any plans for the future for the organization. How are you going to engage more uh, Muslims and non-Muslims in the organization to know more about Islam, perhaps uh, to come to Islam more? So are there any future plans? Absolutely. So the four words that I mentioned, promoting unity, promoting unity and global coexistence, these four words, it's my strategy and my plan 
to work uh, in the in the with with my colleagues uh, in the organization and here in the United Kingdom. Uh, we would like to work closely with the Muslim community. Uh, we would like to raise the issue uh, about their identity and what they face, and we would like to uh, advocate for their needs. We would like to have interfaith our, uh, outreach. We would like to have a dialogue with with our brothers and sisters in different faiths. We would like to work with them in our differences. We would like to have a better understanding with them. We would like to work with the public and private sectors, with those NGOs, with the parliament, with the government, uh, with cities, uh, with mayors, with the, with the community, uh, with the social development uh, organizations, and would like to work together with the education, with the grassroots, with, with the coming generation. This is my strategy, and we will work here uh, with our partners. Amazing. Um I think you mentioned that there are more than 60 offices around the world of the organization. So I'm wondering, is there any place for the youth to, to be active in the organization? Of course. The Muslim World League, as I said, established back in 60s, it has more than 60 offices all over the world, in Europe, in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America, in America, North America, everywhere. The, the youth is leading today. Uh, we're not now. We live in an era where is uh, the communication is our tool. Uh, the the COVID crisis taught us a lesson that people can get connected and can achieve so many goals. No matter is where they are, uh, we don't we don't need to be physically at the same place, but we can work together. Uh, this is. The mentality of the new generation, this is the mentality of the youth. And uh, of course, the organization itself is led by by, by young people. Uh, I'm in my 32 year. Uh, my colleagues in Mecca, the same age. Uh, His Excellency is adapting this, uh, this role and giving us the opportunity to serve. So inshallah, I think you and I, we belong to the same generation. Uh, we will achieve a great deal together. Amazing to hear that the youth is really implicated in the work that this amazing organization is is doing. Um, so, um, Matt, also, you are CEO of the office in the USA yes. as well. So is there anything in particular maybe that you noticed or are there differences between the office in the UK and the USA, engagement of the community, um, or is it practically the same? Uh, there is a few differences between them, but generally uh, they're the same in, uh, in terms of the culture, in terms of the uh, language, uh, and in terms of the uh, Western mentality. The differences is, I would say, here is more well-established the Muslim community in the United Kingdom uh, in different aspects. If you look at the parliament itself, you will have 11 Muslim MPs. The House of Lords, you have 13 Muslim MPs, um, uh, representatives in the House of Lords, 13 Muslims. Uh, the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, he's Muslim. The mayor of Westminster is Muslim. The mayor of Camden is Muslim. The prime minister of Scotland now is Muslim. So the community here, they're well established more than in America. But I'm not saying that they're they're not active there. 
but here because of the um the um the the ground the ground yeah. and it's more close to the uh europe it's uh, it's uh the countries of europe it's close to each other it's close to the north africa to the middle east where those the first generation the immigrants came to the to, to the united kingdom while they're in america they are also well established in business and uh here you have 1,800 mosques. In America, you have 2,500 mosques. Uh, in the 50 states, even in Hawaii, if you go to Hawaii, you know you know where is Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii, it's in the ocean. It's, it's far away. It's 12 hours flying from um, from Los Angeles. Uh, in the down in the Indo uh, uh, Indo Ocean, Indo Pacific Ocean, close to Japan. So there is a mosque. Some Muslim people there. You go to Alaska, you go to Alaska, there is a mosque. So Muslim community there are active, but there's still, uh, we need to do more, uh, wherever, in America and also in the United Kingdom. Amazing to hear that. So um, what would you like to say to anyone who are, who are perhaps hesitant to come forward and to come here and discover your activities or they don't know about the Muslim World League in London. I mean, I've discovered it by by luck because I was looking for a mosque when I was here and then, oh, this is the Muslim World League here. This is like a prime location in the UK. I think that the students and people who come here for their shores, this place is amazing to do the prayers. Um, uh, so anyone who is hesitant, perhaps they don't know, about the organization, what would, you like, what would you like to say to them to come forward? Let me tell you a story about this place. I just joined the team uh, before Ramadan. And during Ramadan, because of COVID, we, we used to have this good habit of having iftar during Ramadan. But because of COVID, we, uh, we closed that. We, uh, we shut it down. Now we, we had to get back. And just last month in Ramadan, before having the iftar in Ramadan, a week before Ramadan, we had a conversation here internally with my team. Are we going to have this iftar? How many people will come? So we were hesitant. Should we do it or not? We said, okay, let's see. First day, we had 100 people coming for iftar. Second day, 150. We ended the whole month by having 300 people coming for iftar in one place. And in the 10 days of Ramadan, we had suhoor. So we're doing both iftar and suhoor. And guess what? That was from the community itself. That was a donation from the, from the people themselves. So this place has a blessing here. If you go to Google, Google Map, and put the Muslim World League, and see the ratings and the reviews. You will see more than 600 people, they put good and positive reviews. We got a five stars, this. So our work, it's not only mosque. What we do here, this place, yes, we serve in here. We have this pleasure to serve the community, but this place belongs to the community. This is where they can come, where they can meet, where they can do networking, where they can pray and it's it's not one way it's a round way amazing um 
Uh, thank you very much for your time. And um, our dear viewers, I hope that you enjoyed the show uh, from me, Mariam Ismail, and all the team. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.